The following program is paid programming. The views expressed on the following program are those of its hosts and participants, and nowhere reflect those of the ownership, staff, or advertisers of WNRI. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Joe Luca Real Estate Show. I am Joe and I am your host right here on WNRI 99.9 FM and 1380 on the AM dial. We are here every week, 6 to 7 o'clock p.m. And today, it is Election Day 2022. So hopefully... You already went out and voted, or you're on your way out to go vote, or you voted early. Because this is the only voice that we have to participate in our political process. Uh, I know I went out and voted first thing this morning, right after the polls opened at 7 a.m. And I know uh, my fearless producer, Jr., who's uh, right behind me, he voted early this morning, too. You know, we have a lot going on politically at the local level, the state level, and the national level uh, in this country. So expressing your political voice uh, through the only means that makes a difference by voting is important. Okay. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit tonight about the connection, the link, the nexus between real estate and politics. Because there definitely is a connection <clears throat> they um, are related to one another and what's great about this is that you we the citizenry can have an impact on what we uh, the behaviors that impact real estate all right first I want just want to talk a little bit about some you know real estate news this show is uh, it's designed for you guys the goal is to educate you as consumers so I want to share a little bit of general information, okay? In the, the United States, we have been getting a lot of uh, investment from global investors, okay? People from around the world, and this is going back to I first started looking into this before I became president of the uh, Rhode Island Association of Realtors. Uh, so probably about 2018, I really started looking into it. And one of the reasons that people from around the globe invest in properties in the United States is because we are very stable economically and politically. And you might say, well, Joe, not right now. Everything is crazy. The market rates are going up and the values are going to go down. And, you know, first of all, let's speak facts. Values have not declined. Prices may be getting reduced on some listings, but there are other listings where they're selling at list price and higher. But Compared to other places on the globe, the United States is very stable up until now. 
Okay, I don't know what the future holds, but uh, it's been a very stable place for investors to park their money. Other countries, you have to worry about the government coming in and confiscating your money, confiscating your land, whatever assets you have. Again, the United States, we do not have those issues. You can easily sell real estate when you want to sell it. So someone could buy a single-family home, a, a foreign investor. They could buy a multifamily home. They could buy an office tower or an apartment building. And they'll be able to sell it relatively easily as long as they have a ready and willing buyer. It's very different in other countries. There are many hurdles in some countries that you have to uh, you know, navigate before you can sell a property. Uh, before you can buy a property, there are many more he- uh, hurdles because there are no protections for buyers in many other countries. So bearing that in mind, I want to share the following data with you. The average price, purchase price for that international buyers pay for United States real estate is $598,200. That is a record, a record high number. Okay, 44% of those buyers paid cash for the property and purchased the property as a rental home or a vacation home or, or both, a little bit of each. Okay. Uh, the states that have the biggest share of total foreign buyers are guests. You can probably assume that Florida is number one with 24% of all foreign buyers choosing to invest in Florida. Uh, number two is California, 11%. Number three is Texas, then Arizona at 7 And uh, New York and North Carolina each have 4%. And you might say, well, I can understand Florida because, you know, it's warm and sunny and there aren't good, um, there aren't high taxes there. Why would they want to do California? Well, from a foreigner's perspective, even high taxes, a state that has high taxes in this country is nothing compared to the taxes that they have in other countries. Uh, so that, that's not a deterrent for people to invest in property. Okay, the companies that uh, excuse me, the countries that purchase the most property, the number one country that pr- provided uh, the most money or the most buyers was China at six point one billion. That's with a B dollars. Then Canada five point five billion dollars. Then India three point six billion dollars. Then Mexico. Then Brazil. Okay. Uh, for 2.9 and 1.6 billion dollars so you know our friendly neighbors to the north and south um, are in the top five two of the top five places and uh, canada is pretty close to uh china china has about uh, 600 million more invested in the united states than canada uh, canada does um, but we've also been seeing a lot of money coming in from india and folks when we say money coming in this is just uh, residential sales volume. So these numbers do not include uh, office towers in the big cities. Okay, these numbers do not include big commercial tracts of land. Okay, so we're talking just about residential. So a lot of times this is for investment income. This may be foreigners buying homes for uh, their kids who are coming to school here to go to university. All right, many times. Uh, Well, I guess I could say many times parents will buy two houses, one for the student and their friends and then another one for when the parents come here to visit the students so they don't have to uh, spend money on hotels. They can come here for longer periods of time and then sell it when they're through. 
All right. So, uh, you know, the United States, despite everything that's going on in our economy and uh, in the political atmosphere in this country, it is still a, quote unquote, destination place for global investors. Okay. Uh, Because they know that even though they're buying the home cash, the property cash, and they don't need mortgage financing, they know when they go to sell it, it will be easy to sell because we have 30-year fixed rate mortgages that are available. Even adjustable rate mortgages are available at better terms than you have in in foreign countries. Excuse me. So that's a... And interesting, some interesting points about global real estate uh, investors coming to the United States. And I want to share something else with you. I, I went on a listing appointment, and uh, I, as I always do, I make my presentation. And one of the questions that uh, is part that you know, as a listing agent, we have to ask the seller is, um, "Am I required, or do, Mr. And Mrs. Seller, do you want me, the listing agent, to?" disclose that I have offers on the property to an agent who knows what um, if the, someone who is looking to install submit an offer and I ask the seller and I do whatever they want me to do if they ask for my advice I give them my advice what I would suggest they do um, you know it does not in this economy I think it makes sense to let everyone know that we do have Um, offers on the property because what I'm observing is things are taking longer now for things to happen, for transactions to transpire, for people to make decisions. So if you can let someone know that, hey, we do have an offer. So if you want to do something, you know, make a quick decision um, because if they have an opportunity to drag their feet, they probably will. Okay, Um, so this, you know, and this is something in the code of ethics. Um, It's Article 1, Standard of Practice. This is something we have to uh, abide by, we have to adhere to. Um, And it's an important conversation that listing agents should have with sellers at the time of the listing. You don't want to have this conversation when you're showing the property and starting to receive offers. And if you are having that conversation for the first time or a realtor is having that conversation with you as a seller for the first time, they didn't do a good job explaining the listing agreement because there is a specific section in the listing agreement that addresses this. And if you signed a listing agreement and weren't asked this question, shame on you and shame on the realtor because one, he or she didn't explain it to you. And two, you did not read what you were signing and what you were initialing. And, you know, real estate... Buying and selling a home is one of the largest financial transactions of your life. So you should definitely read what you are signing, what you are initialing. And hopefully the realtor, he or she explains everything to you. Okay. Uh, I've had some colleagues, I hear them say, oh, I want to go in and out in 20 minutes on this listing appointment. Oh, that's great for time management. However, the person who is signing over their home to you um, is not basically given, it's, it's impossible to explain everything to them and they deserve more than 20 minutes of your time if they're going to list, uh, sign a contract with you to sell a property of theirs, it's worth several hundred thousand dollars and since the median price of a home in the United, uh, excuse me, in Rhode Island is about $416,000 and it's a little bit more in Massachusetts um, that's a lot of money 
and it's a big responsibility. So the realtor should be explaining the contract. Don't be timid or bashful about asking questions if they don't explain things to you, okay? Because you are deserve you deserve to know what you are um, signing a contract for, okay? And um, they should be able to answer those questions for you, okay? All right, so now it's about quarter past the hour. It is election night, and I want to talk a little bit about the importance, the link, the connection between real estate and politics. And, you know, you have local politics in the municipal, the city or town you live in. You have statewide politics. And then you have, uh, you go right up to the federal level in Rhode Island. Uh, We really don't have county government. In Massachusetts, they have county government, but they don't have, it's, um, there aren't as many opportunities to impact real estate by voting at the county level. It's mostly at the municipal and state level. And when I say that you can impact it, you know, you need to, we need to, the citizenry, the voters, be aware of what politicians' thoughts are, what their stand is regarding private property ownership, okay? Are they going to support or oppose legislation or codes, building codes, that could make it more difficult or more expensive to buy, sell, or own real estate, okay? And if you don't know what their positions are, and of course it's too late for this year, but um, you need to make yourself aware of what they are. Okay. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago I had uh, the mayor on and, you know, we were talking about a lot of the things that she had done here in the city that improved the quality of life in the city. Things that uh, improved the sense of pride that homeowners have in the city. And that's important. You know, on the municipal level, that's where you can have the most impact on property values, okay? Because the things that people look at are the services that they receive, okay? Trash removal, um, you know, that the streets are going to get swept, paving of the streets, things like that. Um, Also, they look at the quality of the infrastructure, Um, you know, and after that, they look at the schools, what condition are the facilities in the buildings, how good are the students doing? What is the product that the school department in city or town ABC is churning out? Are these kids at or above or below grade level? What is the graduation rate from the high school? Is it going up? Is it coming down? Um, what is the college acceptance rate for high school graduates? How do they do on the standard test, the RICAS test? Okay. These are things that you want to look at. And these are things now, of course, when it comes to education and, and school buildings, this isn't something that can be addressed and fixed in a short period of time. The problems need to be identified. You need to assess the depth of the problem. And then you need to put together a plan to address and correct the problem. 
it's not easy. You're always going to tick some people off. Okay. Um, and because maybe, you know, uh, asking people to, you know, increasing class sizes, decreasing class sizes, closing one school, opening up another school. Governor McKee, what he did when he was mayor of my town, the town of Cumberland, he introduced charter schools. Um, and that is something that is very controversial. And if you talk to teachers and you talk to um, parents, you, you're going to get most likely two, <coughs> excuse me, two, <coughs> two different answers to whether they're good or bad. But, you know, he was, he was the, the mayor. And, you know, when you're a leader, you have to make decisions that could be unpopular. You have to make decisions that could um, cause people to, you know, as I say, throw darts at your picture on the wall. Um, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't make the decision. You shouldn't take the steps to try and improve a situation. Okay. Um, I don't want to get into a debate about whether they did or did not improve the educational level. But those are the types of things that you can, changes that can be made at the local level. Okay. Um, and it can have an impact because I know as a realtor, uh, that's one of the first things that people look at. Or if it's some, if a, a, a municipality has is making positive changes in the school department or the curriculum, um, we talk about it. Okay, yeah, the teachers are doing really great. The kids' reading levels are increasing. Their math scores are going up. Higher graduation rates. New buildings have been built. These are not easy things to do and it's it definitely a delayed gratification because okay we want to build new schools you have to get the funding for it you have to usually get bonds issued for it um, even if you have the money sitting in a bank account to do it they have to be built okay so that's something that there's a direct link at the local level that can have an impact on uh, quality of life and home values uh, also Something like building codes. How difficult, how expensive is it to uh, build or remodel or um, repurpose a building, commercial and residential? What, is, what are the taxes, you know, the property taxes for residential, for commercial, for owner-occupied and uh, rental properties? These are all, and that's a, that's a challenge because, of, co of course, investors who don't live in their multifamily property, they don't like being penalized by a municipality for a higher tax rate. However, the data shows that owner-occupied multifamily properties are generally taken, uh, maintained better than non-owner-occupied uh, multifamily properties. So there's definitely a reason for that, okay? Um, you know, then you go up to at the state level. The state level, there are things that they do that can also impact real estate uh, property values. And sometimes the, the link may not be all that obvious, okay? Um, it may be a little bit more, you know, kind of like a second or third stage of how they impact it. For example, I mean, something direct, if they increase the tax stamps, which is essentially a sales tax on the sale of real estate, that's an immediate, definite, adverse impact on real estate sales. Now, is it going to prevent someone or discourage someone from buying a home here? Usually not. 
but long and 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 in the immediate term, but longer term, it can. And when you're getting into more expensive properties, you know, if you're increasing the transfer tax a little bit on a $400,000, $500,000 property, if you're buying a four, five, or $10 million commercial property, that's a big number. Okay. Um, so that can be a challenge. Many times there are other things that they do at the state level that can also adversely impact values because it can be things that they do and things that they don't do. You know, not maintaining highways, not maintaining byways, okay? Um, not having this, the state roads have a good snow, snow removal program, okay? Um, if you are a business and people can't get to your business in the winter when there's snow on the ground, that definitely is going to discourage people from investing in the state. If it's too expensive to do business here because of state income taxes or other corporate taxes, you know, because investors, business owners who are at the national level or regional level, we may say, well, it's only, a, you know, a 15% increase in the whatever tax rate or fee rate. Okay, but if you're looking at not just one location, maybe they're going to do 5, 10, or 15 locations, that money starts to add up. And they can say, well, I can put 15 locations in Rhode Island and it's going to cost me this much to build it, maintain it, and pay taxes on it. Or I can put the same number of stores in another state and the taxes are less, um, the maintenance fees are going to be lower, and the streets are in better condition to get to my stores. Things like that can make a difference. So how, as a voter, can you bear this in mind when making a decision who to vote for? I mean, I'm, I'm you know, kind of a libertarian guy. I'm a, you know, an independent. But, you know, I look at the people that are most business friendly because businesses, small businesses in particular, employ the most people. Businesses can really add a lot to a neighborhood. Businesses can add a lot to a retail strip, okay, like Diamond Hill Road in Woonsocket, Mineral Spring Avenue in North Providence, Bald Hill Road in Warwick, Menden Road in Cumberland, okay. Um, you know, the businesses can really add a lot to a community. And if you have a situation where it's too expensive or too challenging for a business to exist, they're not going to continue to, they're not going to remain there. They will relocate to other municipalities or other states. At the macro level, at the federal level, look at, you know, businesses they don't headquarter here or they do more of their business they put move their plants overseas or they incorporate in another country so their headquarters is there so they don't have to pay as much in income taxes if the corporate taxes are too high in the United States you know uh, in 2016 the president he allowed companies to bring cash that was on deposit in banks overseas to bring it back to the United States so they could invest it here without any tax penalty. 
And so we had hundreds of billions of dollars that were brought back to the United States. That was just cash sitting overseas, not doing anything. And then the money was brought back here, invested here. Which means when the money is invested here, it's parked here, they build buildings, they hire people, uh, they do more research, more development, and they make more stuff. So you're paying the people a wage. Those people that are receiving the wage make things that can be put on the market to be sold. So people are making money and then they're able to buy stuff and spend money. So there's a balance there. Okay, they're making stuff and people are buying stuff. That's when you have a healthy economy. Where we are now is very different from that because even though unemployment is still quite low, our pr productivity, we're not making a lot of stuff, but there was a lot of money getting pushed into the economy by the federal government. So money was going into the pockets of consumers, and what, are cons what do consumers do when they receive money? They spend it. But they were spending the money, they were chasing goods, items, that were not being produced enough because companies were not sure what was going on with the economy because of COVID, because of supply chain issues. So companies are holding production back a little bit. They're not hiring more people. Now companies are starting to lay people off. So consumers had money to spend, but they didn't have a lot to buy. So what was happening is you had too many consumers chasing too few goods, so that pushed the prices of things up higher. That's why we have inflation. It's basic supply and demand, economics 101, which is what we've also had in the housing industry. Okay? We've had too much demand not enough supply, so prices went higher. One of the reasons we had so much demand is there was so much cheap money out there. The government allowed, didn't really charge the banks any interest when they borrowed money, so they could lend out money for mortgages at very low rates. They can't do that anymore. Okay. So there has to be a balance between money supply and production. There has to be a balance between taxes and regulations on real estate, on developers, and what the consumer is willing to shoulder. Because if it's too difficult for someone to do things, to build a house, to buy a house, to build a building, to hire people, um, if, it, if it's too difficult to do that, they're not going to do it. Okay. And then we have uh, a situation that we're in right now where prices are going up and the economy uh, is actually contracting, which receding a recession. Now they're talking about a double dip recession in 2023. So we have a lot of, we have some rough waters ahead, but... Do not be afraid because there is always going there are always going to be opportunities out there. As far as you know, this is a real estate show. Um, buying homes, it's always it's ne it's not a never a bad time to buy a home because you have to live somewhere. 
And wouldn't it be better to live in a home in which you own and you're paying your own mortgage as opposed to paying a landlord's mortgage? If you're paying a landlord's mortgage, he may he may have a 2% interest rate, but you're paying 100% interest. Because at the end of the year, or two years, or three years, you have nothing to show for what you've been making payments on other than the roof over your head. Okay. Folks, you're listening to the Joe Luca Real Estate Show right here on WNRI 99.9 FM, 1380 on the AM dial. We are here every Tuesday evening. Quick shout out and thank you to our sponsors, Vern Rainville, public insurance adjuster. You know, Vern uh, is great and um, he has, uh, you know, done work for colleagues of mine, for their clients and for my clients. And he really is extremely thorough. You know, he was um, a, a carpenter in a previous life, so he knows how things are supposed to be built. Um, and he can help you up to two years after the claim. He can help you get all of the money that you deserve on your, from your insurance policy. Okay, Vern Rainville, Public Insurance Adjuster, 484-300-8495. Now, Vern lives right here in Northern Rhode Island. He's in the Manville area in Lincoln. And, um, you know, like I said, he's helped out several of my clients. I've referred him to colleagues of mine who've referred him to their clients. He does a great job. So if something happened last year and you're just realizing and you didn't think it was a big deal, and now you're realizing, oh my gosh, all these other problems that happened, give Vern a call because he might be able to help you out. 484-300-8495. That's a Vern Rainville public insurance adjuster. Does a fantastic job taking care of all of my clients, like all of my sponsors do. And then we also have, of course, G Metz Moving and Storage. You know, George Metz is a friend of mine. We were in a BNI together. Um, and I, it's been great watching the company grow over the past 10 or 15 years. And um, they just they take care of your belongings as if they are they they are their own belongings. GMET's moving in storage. 401-383-6399 is their phone number. Uh, if you give them a call, they'll give you, you know, tell them when you want to move, what you need to store. They can hook you up. Mention the Joe Luca Real Estate Show. Um, and they can help you whether you're moving from Woonsocket to Cumberland, Woonsocket to Westerly, or if you're moving from Rhode Island to South Carolina, they can help you out. Uh, that's GMET's Moving in Storage, 401-383-6399. You can find them on Facebook, too, uh, if you are looking for them. And that's, uh, you know, you will not regret working with GMET's Moving in Storage. And, of course, John Dolbeck and the Dolbeck team at Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation, 401-321-4401 is their phone number. They do an excellent job educating, informing, and handling the documents and the finances of our clients okay uh, the john dolbeck team at fairway independent mortgage corporation they have a great team of lenders whether it's heath whether it's tenora whether it's nick they'll take awesome care of you but you have to give them a call uh, because that's how you can reach out with them and they have all of the fancy tech tools that a lot of the big national institutional lenders have but they're right here on, in the southern New England area in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, and they will take care of you. You know, they're part of the community. They work. They support local restaurants, local, um, you know, taverns, local sports teams. That's what 
they do. And that's John Dolbeck and the Dolbeck team at Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation, 401-321-4401. And please mention the Joe Luca Real Estate Show if you call them or if you have a need for them. And, of course, if you have questions about real estate, yours truly, your humble uh, host, Joe Luca, give me a call if you have any questions about a home that you own, a home you want to buy, a home you're thinking about selling or thinking about buying, 401-409-5030. That's 401-409-5030. You can call or text me at that number, and I'll answer any questions you have, whether you want to, whether you're ready to do something now or not for six months or a year, um, because the best game plan is one that you start early. Okay, Uh, so, you know, we can help you get yourself prepared financially so that you can receive the best mortgage interest rate possible. And we can help you become educated about the real estate business, the buying and selling of a home so that you can maximize value. There are things you can do that will make your transaction much easier, much simple and so that you will experience much less stress. We like to eliminate the amount of stress. And, you know, that's, I know I know how to do that. My objective is to be cool, calm, and collected throughout the transaction for you, my client, whether you're a buyer or a seller, because that's my job, okay? I'm full-time, I'm full service, so I can help you at any point during the transaction, before the transaction, or after the transaction, Okay, we have real estate concierge services where we can connect you with vendors. If it's uh, contractors, plumbers, electricians, uh, if you need help setting up electric, uh, you know, your electric service at your new home, you want to get uh, new Wi-Fi, anything like that, we can help you with that. And that's what Joe Luca Realtor and our concierge services. So whether you're in Rhode Island, Massachusetts, uh, we can certainly help you out with that. And I want to mention again the electricity because everyone's electric bills are going to be going up and we have a relationship with a company so that you can really uh, lock in lower rates on your electricity so you will not be uh, sweating paying the bills this winter okay i mean i know uh you know the oil oil bills i had oil delivered a few weeks ago was 390 a gallon now it's well over five dollars approaching six dollars really quickly and it's not even cold yet. I know I haven't even re- turned my heat on yet. We'll probably have to turn it on tonight. But, um, yeah, so any questions about any of those things, give me a call, 401-409-5030. That's Joe Luca, 401-409-5030. You can call or text at that number, okay? Um, so thank you to all of our sponsors, and if you have uh, any needs, please give them a call and mention the Joe Luca Real Estate Show. So it, it, it is, as I said earlier, it's election day. Hopefully everyone has already gone out to vote, or you are going to be voting soon, because um, it's 20 of 7, okay? And um, this is the only voice that we have in the political process in this country. This is how we express ourselves politically by voting. You know, there are people around the globe who are dying because they want to be able to vote. And there are people in this country 
who can't even get to the polls early, never mind on voting day. We need to value our voting, our right to vote, much more than we do right now. Okay. Um, you know, so getting back to real estate, clients, customers, consumers, there's been a lot of talk about a housing bubble. And a lot of consumers are concerned about it. You know, earlier this year, 45% of home sellers said they believe that the home market was headed for a crash this year. Okay, in 2022. Google Trends data shows a significant spike in searches for the phrase housing bubble. This has been perpetuated by folks in the media on the left and on the right and in the middle who talk about things like housing recession, crash. They use words that are emotional triggers, but they're not really based in fact. Now, fears, fear can be a good thing, but you need to keep it in check. You need to pay attention. You know, consumers may have seen their home or their parents' home or their neighbor's home uh, value drop drastically during the Great Depression or Great Recession in 2006, 7, 8, and 9. And they're a little concerned that it's going to happen again. It's very different now. Back then, we had an abundance of inventory. Right now, we have um, a very strict, restricted level of inventory. Not enough houses out there. Back then, people had no equity in their homes. Homeowners either had no equity, they were upside down, or they had very little equity in their homes. Because leading up to the crash, people were using the, their home as an ATM machine. Every time the value would go up, they'd refinance, take cash out. Instead of taking that cash out and putting it into something smart, they would buy cars, they'd buy boats, they'd go on vacation, spend it on things that were not wise. Okay, we all did it. Everybody did it. Got into a lot of problems. Okay. But now it's very different. Mortgages are structured differently than they were before. Compared with before the Great Recession, lenders are much stricter about to whom they'll lend. And it's, you need to have a higher credit score, FICO score. And you need to demonstrate an ability to repay the loan to make your payments. You didn't have to do that before. I know it sounds crazy, but that was uh, the situation before. As I said a minute ago, housing inventories are still very low. Nationally, we have about 3 million too few homes for all of the buyers who are out there looking. Okay. Too few homes, 3 million. So buyer demand is still very high. Home ownership is their goal, but they can't find it. So we have some challenges, but it you know we don't need to become very, very concerned or scared for a housing bubble because as long as inventory is below where the number of buyers are, it's going to be a, a seller's market. It will remain a seller's market. 
Additionally, if you are a little concerned about buying a home now, real estate can be a hedge against inflation. A fixed rate mortgage locks in a homeowner's monthly payments and keeps it steady against future increases. So if you're rent- renting right now, there's a very good chance that when your lease is up, if you have a lease, your rent will go up. If you don't have a lease, your rent could go up at any point in time with just 30 days notice, sometimes less. So it'll just help. Okay, two weeks when your next rent is due, you've got to pay me more money. Now, they're not supposed to do that, but it, it happens. When you have a mortgage, the payment for your mortgage will not go up if you have a fixed rate mortgage. But Joe, interest rates now, you said they're 7.2%. They, yeah, they are 7.2%. The historic average for a mortgage is 8%, so we're still below that. Back in the early 80s, interest rates were double digit on mortgages. 10, 12, 14, 15, 16, 17%. Still made sense to buy a house back then. You know, there's something when uh, you're investing in the stock market, you know, everyone knows you're not supposed to time the market. That's not successful. But there's something called dollar cost averaging. This is something I learned when I was young. So you just put every month $25 into your I'm dating myself, $25 into your um, mutual fund. Or you buy $25 of, of, of uh, stock in this particular bank or that particular, you know, whatever it is, Apple stock. And with the prices up or the prices down, you just put your $25 in there and you buy it every month. After 5, 10, 15 years, it didn't matter that you bought some when the mark value was up and because you bought some when the value was down. Now you have a whole bunch of stock that's presumably paying dividends if it's a dividend-paying stock. The same is true with a home. Oh, but you can live in your home. You can't live in a stock. You can't live in a bond. You can't live in a, uh, a bank account. You can't live in a mutual fund. So owning real estate is a hedge against inflation and you get to live there. And the prices, the, the number, the payment does not increase every month. Okay. Homeowners who buy and hold for at least 10 years, which as you get older, is not a long time, have a 93% chance of selling their home for more than what they originally paid. That's not true for all investments. A market correction is not the same as a crash. Some markets may experience a slight decrease in home prices as the market readjusts from recent rapid record highs. Other markets may not. Even within a city or a town, even within a state, even within a region. In Florida, the west coast of Florida, where they had the hurricane... Um, Hurricane Ian wiped houses out so there's nothing left. Those pieces of land where the house is worth are still selling for top dollar. Because there's only so much waterfront land down there. And that was a once in, I don't know if it was 200 or 500 year hurricane. So the chances of it happening again are very low for the next one or 200 or 300 years. 
So people are trying to buy houses or buy land so they can rebuild houses where they were just wiped out. And that's in spite of the fact that we are in a time in the business cycle that some people are referring to as a correction. There's only so much waterfront land on the west coast of Florida. There are more buyers than there is land available. Because even though there's only so much land, not everybody wants to sell that land. So the prices are going to go high. Okay. Folks, you're listening to the Joe Luca Real Estate Show right here on WNRI 99.9 FM, 1380 AM. Uh, we are also on WNRI.com. It's about 10 minutes before the hour. If you have any questions, um, please reach out to me after the show, 401-409-5030. We're not taking any calls tonight because I want to just ramble on and inform you about the marketplace and what's going on. Okay. So, you know, we are in a position right now where... The market is changing. Consumers are changing. Okay? People are taking more time to make decisions about whether they should put an offer in on a house. You know, a year, year and a half ago, people, consumers were going in, looking at houses, and putting offers in as if their pants were on fire and they were going to be homeless tomorrow. It's not always a good... Um, behavior pattern to adopt when you're looking at the largest financial investment of your life. That's what people were doing. Now people are more circumspect. They're taking their time. They're a little more pragmatic, which is good. It's a change, you know. I have people, they look at a listing, oh, yeah, we really like it. We'd like, we think we're going to put an offer in, but then they disappear for a week or two weeks or three weeks. And then they come back. Okay, yeah, we'll put an offer in. Things are different. But people are still buying houses. People are still selling houses. We're going into the winter. Been relatively mild so far. But once it starts snowing, things will, will slow down again. If you're a buyer... Do not relent. Do not um, reduce the intensity of your searching for a home. Because there will be opportunities. Because other buyers will say, oh, I don't feel like looking now. It's cold or I don't want to do it around Christmas. If you want a home and you aren't afraid to look at a home when it's cold out, give me a call, 401-409-5030. Because I... I love my job. I love working. And I like working with people who, are, who treat buying a home as, it, as if it were a part-time job. It's my full-time job. I'll send you houses. I'll educate you, talk to you about houses, have you look at them, compare different houses, compare. We'll do property analysis and compare them. You'll get educated. You'll learn. And then you see something that you like. As soon as it comes on the market, you know you want to jump on it before someone else does. Or something maybe that comes back on the market that was under agreement before fell apart. Someone lost their financing. That's been happening. Someone couldn't sell their house. Okay. 
You know, people are moving around from one part of the country to the next. I have a house under agreement. The buyer has to sell her house in another state. She hasn't gotten an offer yet. Okay, that house, maybe it'll come back on the market. Maybe not. We'll see. But it's a different kind of a market now. But do not let up on your focus if you're looking to buy a home. You need to keep pushing, keep pushing. And I will push with you if I'm your realtor. Whether you're looking to buy a $250,000 house or a $950,000 house and everything in between. I will help you find the house that's best for you. Not best for me. Not best for your neighbor, your mother or father. What's best for you. And your budget and your time frame. And your budget may be less than what you're approved for. And that's fine. Because it's all about you. You're the consumer. You're my boss. You know, I frequently advise people when they're calling me up about, about selling a home. What should I do? Should I do this? Should I do that? Listen, don't do more than the minimum. Because if you spend a lot of money, you may not, in many instances, you will not make more than that money back on the sales price. Redo a kitchen. Will it increase the sales price? Yes, but probably not as much as you're going to spend to redo the kitchen. So what can you do? That's where you need to talk to a professional like myself. Because I can, give, I can make suggestions on what you should do so it will sell quickly. You'll get a bump in value, but you will not spend too much money. Okay. If you have questions, 401-409-5030 is a great number to reach me at. You can also text me at that number, 401-409-5030. Okay. I want to do, again, a quick shout-out to my sponsors. I really, I'm really appreciative uh, for the sponsors of the Joe Luca Real Estate Show, of course. John Dolbeck and the Dolbeck team at Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation. John has been my longest Sponsor. This is my eighth year. He came on board in the beginning. 401-321-4401. Anthony Betancourt, managing partner. Rich Nicholson, attorney partner at Beacon Title and Escrow. We send all of our closings to Beacon Title and Escrow. They handle everything. They educate my clients. They make sure all the paperwork is done the way it's supposed to be done. And that the buyers or sellers, or in some cases both parties, uh, get what they are supposed to be getting so no corners are cut no mistakes are made if you have a transaction that involves a life estate or it's an estate sale or someone moving out of state or so you're moving into in state you really need to have someone uh, you know some legal counsel looking out for you to make sure everything is right and we choose beacon title and escrow because they're very reasonable uh you know as far as what they charge compared to what some other companies charge and they're not a closing factory they're not just moving you in moving you out just getting you know 100 people through a day that's not how they operate beacon title and escrow go to closing attorney for the joe luca realtor team or group not supposed to say team and of course gmet's moving in storage uh, they move your belongings as if they are their own. They are the number one moving and storage company in southern New England, 401-383-6399. That's George Metz, 
my buddy, GMF Moving and Storage, 401-383-6399. Uh, they will take care of you. And whether you're moving from Woonsocket to Westerly or from Rhode Island to South Carolina, they can certainly help you out. And, of course, we have Vern Rainville, public insurance adjuster. You know, Vern Rainville, local guy, uh, carpenter by training, and he has been a public insurance adjuster for many years here in Northern Rhode Island. 484-300-8495 is his number. And uh, he will take fantastic care of you. That's Vern Rainville, public insurance adjuster. Okay. We're coming up to the end of the Joe Luca Real Estate Show. I want to thank everyone for tuning in tonight uh, here on election day or election evening. 2022, um, you know, hopefully everyone went out and voted and you voted for candidates or politicians who are real estate friendly, as I like to say. They are in favor of protecting private property rights, private property ownership rights, and not making it too expensive to own real estate in the state of Rhode Island. And they're not for increasing taxes or code um, regulations, building codes, okay? Because those are the little things that add up from the political side to make real estate more expensive, okay? And as I said earlier, we have three million too few homes in this country for all the buyers that are out there. We need to make it easier for folks to build new homes, to rehab homes, um, to expand homes you know you get a house let's see maybe we could make this two family into a three or four family on the same size lot okay so i want to thank you very much we will be back next tuesday evening same bat time same bat channel right here on wnri 99.9 fm 1380 am and um i will have a lot to talk about because i'm going to a real estate conference in orlando florida between now and then so i'll have a lot of uh new information for you. So thank you very much for tuning in. We will be back next week. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. WNRI one socket.